When our children reached their 10th birthdays, they both received a bedroom transformation. Tom's was particularly impressive and caused the biggest reaction. His room went from a hideous lime green to one which in every way communicated his love for West Ham United. But it also had the additional extra of a high bed with a ladder. It seemed a great idea at the time, but I think we forgot that by the age of 14, his head would be banging on the ceiling and he'd be in need of yet another design change. On the first birthday of the church, the transformation that occurs in the lives of the 120 followers of Christ is one that transforms believers from the inside out. Having returned to Jerusalem, they're gathered together worshipping and waiting for the promised spirit that Jesus told them to. It's 10 days since the ascension and the disciples are alone feeling the emptiness of the loss of Jesus in a way that they've never experienced before. But they are expectant, longing for what's next, trusting Jesus's words, ready to receive the power from on high that's promised. It's 50 days since Passover and once again Jerusalem would have been bustling with people celebrating the beginning of the grain harvest and the anniversary of when Moses received the law on Mount Sinai. People from many different nations are gathered, a cosmopolitan crowd representing the known world. Into this hubbub and excitement, the Holy Spirit would come, filling the people of God and readying them to reap the harvest of thousands of lives for Christ as they hear the good news of the gospel and come to him. It's the birthday of God's worldwide church and the Spirit was coming not just for a few, but for all those who followed Christ. Three supernatural birthday gifts are given that day that a crowd that, that draw a crowd and transform the lives of those first followers. There's a sound like the wind that fills the disciples with power. Verse 2 tells us that this was a sound like a violent wind that came from heaven and filled the whole house that they were sitting in. It would have been dramatic. The walls would have shaken, the roof would have trembled. This was the power of God bringing life to the disciples, filling them and equipping them for all that Jesus had called them to do. To take the gospel to the known world, to stand firm in the face of opposition, to be obedient to God's call, even if it meant losing their own lives. Old Testament scripture describes God in terms of breath and wind, or in Hebrew, ruach depicting his power and sovereignty overall. So this symbol isn't new, but it is a new era of the spirit, one which Joel prophesied about and will be for all people for all time. Through the life-giving divine breath of the spirit, lives would be transformed. Secondly, there's a sight that seemed to be like tongues of fire coming to rest on each disciple. Fire in scripture represents the presence of God. Think of Moses standing on holy ground before God as he speaks from a burning bush. Or the fire of God's presence leading the Israelites through the desert by day. And it was a coal from the fire that touched the lips of Isaiah, purifying him, ready for God's call on him. Here the Spirit of God comes like flames of fire, settling over each disciple, them, purifying them for the call on their lives, equipping them to speak the languages of the many that are gathered there. Now they are full to overflowing with the presence of God himself. Crowds gather and the disciples begin to speak the languages of those around them. 
It would have been a bewildering cacophony of noise as they praised God, declaring his wonders so that all could hear and all could respond. No wonder people ask, what does this mean? How could they understand from a few rough and ready, uneducated Galileans, the wonders of God? Why was this happening? It was happening because the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection was for the world to hear, beginning with those first few. They were being equipped to go. And as Christians today, you and I are vessels of God as, as they were, carrying his spirit with us wherever we go. We're never on our own. We can always draw on his strength and his help. He's transforming us into the likeness of his son and he gives us gifts to use for his glory and purposes. And crucially, the spirit is for all who believe, all races and nationalities, equipping all to pass on the good news from generation to generation. When life is tough and I'm tired or I feel far from God, I can sometimes wonder if God has given up on me and gone elsewhere. What a lie that is. Ephesians 2 promises us that those who believe in Christ are marked with a seal, the promised spirit confirming that they belong to God and will spend eternity with him. Sometimes we give out so much that we need refilling or refueling in order to keep going. Sometimes I feel like I've got a hole in my bucket and I'm leaking as I doubt and wrestle with personal sin. I need God to pour his spirit on me again, give me a good soaking that I might be full again. That's why we pray that God would refresh us and restore us and equip us to live for him. Because in order to take God's good news of Jesus to our friends and neighbours, work colleagues and children, we need to be topped up with his spirit, relying on him for help, confident in the truth that we belong to him and are loved by him. I love a good birthday party and it's going to be so lovely this year to not be in lockdown and be free and legal to celebrate. Today is the birthday of the church and it's a wonderful and joyful celebration of God's gift of his spirit. And next year I hope that it will be a bigger party for us at St Swithin's as we have shared Jesus with those around us in the year ahead and they join with us in celebrating the wonders of God. May I encourage you to enjoy every gift that the Spirit gives, to continue to come to God and ask him to fill you with his powerful, purifying presence. And may I encourage you to remember those first disciples and to go beyond these gardens and share Jesus in your homes, in the city, across our nation. You see, the gospel is good news for the world. How can we keep it to ourselves, especially when Jesus has so generously equipped us to share it.